September 16, 2020, it's the Watt for Pedro Show.
Off for Pedro show. Happy Wednesday. We had some diff, but not impossibility because we kept pushing and persevering and uh, bringing you know Doing three shows a week during this time since March, huh? Uh, we started off with uh, Loresto from John Coltrane with Kenny Burrell. Kind of different for John Coltrane. He didn't usually uh, record with uh, guitars, but he did here. In fact, one time Kenny Burrell played here in Pedro. I went and saw it. Dezo's daddy booked it. Ozzy Kadena. It was at the, I don't know who owned it then, but some tell downtown that nobody goes to. <laughs> then we had a low, low screwdriver. Not that kind of rodeo. And th- and this this is my guess, because I'm not, uh, Brother Matt, yeah, he's at the Law of Grotto, a couple miles south here, Pleasure Point, quick Quartito mode, but not totally man alone, because those Skype engineers in Estonia, with their invention, I've got Steve, Grant, Donald with me. Welcome aboard. Hey. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Now, who wants to go first? Because I want to find out about your journey through music. Before you yeah. Got, before you even got the band together. Uh, I can go first. Okay, Steve. Yeah. Your 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 earliest music memory in your brain. <laughs> My earliest music memory is fourth grade, and I liked this girl, and she decided she was going to join the beginning band. And I was like, well, if Tiffany is joining the beginning band, then I am joining the beginning band. Well, Tiffany quit, but I kept playing drums. <laughs> well, what is the beginning band? The beginning band, yeah, fourth grade. It's like the grade in public school, at least in California, where they, they say, hey, do you want to play an instrument, a band instrument? And then kids go, oh, does it get me out of science class? Great, awesome. Yeah, I want to play a band instrument. And then, you know, the beginning band directors hope it sticks and you get all these trumpet players and sax players. And and for me, it was drums. And then uh, and it just kept going. It's kept joining the band every year. Um, but it was all because of a girl, which I feel like is everyone's story. No, it's the first time I've heard this kind of story. In fact, I, you know, I came from Virginia, but I was third grade starting here. In okay. P- in Pedro. And there was no fucking group band. What what town were you in? Oh, I was in Fremont, California. So it's sure. right right near where I live now. Um, I think they built. I think they built Teslas. Yeah, yes. they do. They yeah, sure Tesla. do. In fact, right like a mile from our studio is the Tesla um, um, building station. So, yeah, but um, that's fourth grade beginning band in California. That's how they do it. It's like a after school program. No, no, uh, no, Fremont because Pedro, and in fact, I know it. Uh, Flea started his Silver Lake Conservatory of Music because when he went back, they got rid of the music. Pro- I think all the schools are different. They're, they're, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, and definitely. And, and, and you know, I'm 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 old now, and uh, it's you know that was twenty, that was thirty years ago. So you know, the music programs have changed a lot. You're less young. So I bet <laughs> you you're not as old as I am. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Because we got rid of that fucking old word anyway. There's more young and less young. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so there's a they got they got a room. I'm I'm imagining my brain, and they had all these instruments, and you pick the drum set. That is exactly right. Yep. They have all these instruments. You walk in, and you go, oh, I'm gonna play the the snare drum, and you just you know you have no clue. My parents are not musical. They listen to some really shitty music, and. I, um, you know, had a really horrible upbringing when it comes to listening to quality music. Um, so then it was just kind of like, well, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to play drums. But it really stuck with me. Well, I'm, uh, what I was going to say was probably at home there was no drum set. 
No, no, no. I didn't maybe there was touch. maybe there was no musical instruments. Maybe the people at your pad in Fremont there were just listeners. Yes, not even one musical instrument. My dad likes to say he played the triangle, and I said thanks, thanks, Dad, for the help. Um, but but yeah, no, he, it was there was nothing. It was just sheer luck that I decided to do it, and then I just kept going with it. You know, triangle is percussive. I think if you're in like an orchestra and shit, you learn how to do that. Yeah, I mean, a triangle is a good instrument, but... Well, what I'm saying is, like, orchestra percussion isn't really a trap set. No, no, if you're playing orchestra percussion, it's definitely not. It's just percussion, and, um, you know, I definitely did my fair share of triangle gigs for 50 bucks. Okay, what was your uh, first gig you saw? First gig that I saw, like, I went, first concert I went to? Uh, Bon Bon Jovi. (laughs) Okay, and what was the first record you bought with your own fucking money? Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood. Okay. And uh, did you do the thing outside of school, like a garage band, bedroom band, basement band? Yeah, yeah. Once I got to middle school and then definitely in high school, um, just started a ton. I played with lots of bands in high school. Um, everyone I could, actually, anywhere. So, Steve, uh, you must have got your own drum set by this point. You weren't using yeah, the schools it, anymore. When did no, you no. get? When did you get your first drum set? Yeah, it took my parents about three and a half years to get me a drum set. Um, but around seventh seventh grade, so what, thirteen years old, finally got a drum set. Um, Twelve, thirteen. Um, but it, it, my parents did not like this idea that I wanted to be like Tommy Lee and um, you know uh, be a rock star. But they finally finally came around and got me a drum set. And where did you practice? Uh, I practiced in my basement. Okay. Yeah. And is this where you brought your friends in to like make your bands? Yeah, the basement and then the garage when we moved to a place out of garage. The garage it was a it was a definitely a garage band. Now, <laughs> did it have a name? No, we didn't name it. I don't think we ever so named it. So you never you never did a gig? Uh, oh, the band, the band had a name. Yeah, I had um there, there was a whole list of them. The first band was Sunrush. And that band did a couple parties, maybe some gigs at the school. And then there was Toastmasters with Donald. Donald was in that band. Um, then there was Chachi Boba Fett and the Wookiee, which Donald and Grant were both what, in. What, what band did you do your first gig with? Definitely Sunrush. First gig at a party. Um, it was at pro- I think it was one of my parents' friends' parties. <laughs> so nobody liked the music and... We just kept playing anyways, as loud as we could. I'm wondering about the material. Was it original, or were you okay. copying off records? It was originals and Smashing Pumpkins covers. No, maybe it was before Smashing Pumpkins. No, so it was you Smashing into, Pumpkins. You into Jimmy, <laughs> you into Jimmy uh, Chamberlain? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, what did that Siamese Dream, or even before that, what was the album before that? Uh, uh, Gish. Gish. Gish came out early. I have no early. idea, but I met Jimmy, and he's good people. And he, he's a great. He's and a you great know what? Drummer. He's he's big fan of Elvin Jones. Yeah, mm. you know, and I hear some of his playing. He he keeps his hi hat going a lot during his playing, and I remember learning all those hi hat parts. And now sometimes I listen to my drum parts, and I'm like, oh damn, I can't stop my hi hat because I learned his drum parts early on. Well, you know, because you know in those days. They used the kick drum for bombs. They didn't use it for kicking, uh, to, keeping the beat. And the hat or the ride symbol, that was the metronome. Right. The, yeah, yeah. It's just a whole n- different thing, you know. I, I think because of the ba- the bass players played a different way, too. It was because of the machine, you know, just style and the machines. And uh, 
you know, different things. And, and oh, it's all yeah. music, right? It's all rhythm and notes and uh, melody and feelings and laughing and crying. And Look, <laughs> I, I want to play uh, Ramp Park.
for Pedro Show. We heard Ramp Park, a law screwdriver. I found out that's a drink, some kind of liquor, yeah. you know, uh, co- <laughs> cocktail. It's one of the uh, we we think of it as being like the world's worst worst tiki cocktail. Yeah, but I thought it was one of the world's best band names, and I was really let down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's then we the whole heard, experience uh, of our band. Yeah, that, brand that's new from much the entire spectrum. No, no, it's cool. Don't yeah. worry. There's a lot worse names. Come on, a lot worse. <laughs> uh, Dick Crane in the Blue Veins, you know. <laughs> I remember us playing in the city. This was Firehose days, and there was a band. Uh, Uncle Bob touched me. Cool. <laughs> yeah, there's some indie rock band that's somewhat famous called Diarrhea Planet, and indie uh, rock. Indie I've... rock is so funny because some, somehow it like describes the sound. How the way you organize your finances. I mean, <laughs> okay, exactly. let, let, let me talk about the songs here. Th- Thor Harrison, Rob Halverson, brand new. Heartfelt Apology. Uh, only now in Oregon with Alvis, number one, first part. Uh, Guided by Voice of Skull Arrow. You got to put out five albums a year, like fucking Bob Pollard. <laughs> the, his Name is Live, brand new cor- chords version. Uh, Few with Doze from her first out. Bogdan Rosinski. Sayonara, Sutara. Uh, yeah, it rhymes. Huh? The Hawk from Iowa City with Pong. <laughs> Can you imagine writing a song about Pong? Okay. <laughs> the Go Team, brand new. B-side, free breakfast program. Ah, they used to have that in Oaktown, huh? The Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Salvation in Heaven. Yeah, Forge Again Records. Go to uh, Magic Mirror. The band camp site, uh, that's Jason with this, uh, this is Benefit record. What do you call that? Flexi discs. They used to come on, on in fanzines. Remember fanzines? Yeah. To they used me, to come cereal boxes, too. You could get the uh, the record on the back that. of the cereal I box. I think yeah. websites should be like fanzines. Huh? No middleman. Why go to fake look or shit or instant ham? And then uh, finally, redacted by a low screwdriver. That's a scary word. Uh, Donald's next because he might have to fucking pull the ripcord on his people. <laughs> That's okay. No wine before it's time or later than it's time, right? Donald, your earliest music memory, please. Uh, earliest music memory for me was uh, walking in on my dad sing along to Willie Nelson Records in uh, in the living room, and that, that was probably you know I was maybe like three or four. Any instruments in the pad? Uh, growing up, my mom had a piano, and I took piano lessons in grade school, and now, I hated it. I hated every okay, minute. Okay, now what, what? What? You know, this is a common thing on this show, and it usually depends on. Well, I'm going to ask you: Did you like the teacher? No. See, no. it's usually the fucking teacher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, did you learn to read? I mean, did you put up with it for very long? I put up with it for years, uh, and I remember, I think I, I, I was able to quit around sixth grade, and I wrote like a whole essay about how my happiest memory in life up to that point was quitting piano lessons. And, and you're talking <laughs> school, so so were you in the in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? No, none of that. None, I, I, I think my school, uh, grade school, had like, their music program was like recorders, like you could you could blow on a flute if you wanted, but I was, I had no interest in it at that point yeah people, it wasn't until uh junior high school i i got interested in bass guitar and, and i asked my mom to take if i could take bass guitar lessons 
So what? I got to tell people, recorder doesn't just mean a device that records you. It's also a, thing, a diatonic kind of flute thing, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Anyway, I'm surprised. <laughs> Why did you pick bass guitar? Uh, it was it was just, uh, I think it was that that era. It was one of those things that grabbed me. Like, in, in the in the wind at that time, there was Red Hot Chili Peppers, there's Primus. There was just a lot of really out there bass guitar playing that grabbed me and I just thought that's uh that's it seemed far enough away from piano and four strings seemed left like hand. something I could master. Left hand, Donald. <laughs> right? Left hand's yeah. a bass clef, right? Yep. Correct. I shouldn't say right. My pop said don't be ambiguous, boy. <laughs> Especially when given directions, right? Correct. <laughs> so yeah, in a lot of Steve's early garage bands, I was in those bands playing bass guitar. It wasn't until a lot well, later. Look, that look, I, I look! look. I'm a little guitar. curious. I'm a little curious. What was the fucking first bass guitar you got? <laughs> oh, it was it was a cheap kind of uh, what was the brand on that guitar? I don't even remember. I quickly I got a a used Yamaha guitar. But you can't remember your first cool. bass. You can't remember your first bass. I could tell you. I could draw it for you. I could. I could. I could show you the the fanned out. What about you your know, first amp? Pegs. What about your first amplifier? Is a crate. Okay. Okay. Like one twelve, one fifteen. Yeah, like a little tiny practice amp. Right, right, right. It's all right, man. You know, we all got to come. I had I had to rock a PV early minute. <laughs> <laughs> And my first bass was a K. It kind of looked like uh, an EB3 Gibson, but it was a K. And I took a, a a drill bit and I taped sandpaper on it and fucking took all the finish. I had like, it looked like the surface of the moon. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> but you know, when you're a boy. Anyway, uh, what, uh, what was the first gig you went and saw? The first gig I went and saw was an embarrassing it's an embarrassing one to admit, but it was uh it was Warrant with Polly Shore opening up. It was like a comedian. <laughs> yeah, funniest uh, guy ever. Act. Funniest guy ever. when I saw the <laughs> second time I saw television they had a comedian open up at the Roxy, West Hollywood. And the, I remember the last joke, he like holds the uh, he had a beer bottle you know he's drinking a beer and he puts it down by his cock you know and like he's pissing he goes you want to hear a heroin joke that was it. yeah okay and then we, <laughs> like can you believe that shit and then dick uh lloyd came out and he strap fell off and he kept pl making it yeah so someone was on heroin right i mean the guitar hit the deck and he was still strumming right <laughs> okay, uh, what what was the first record you bought, Donald, with your own money? Uh, it was Run DMC's Raising Hell. I remember going into the record store and asking for it. Like uh, I think I to... saw that tour with Beastie Boys. Yeah. At the Greek Theater. I wish I had. Raymond Pettibone. No, I think I did. I saw it outside, sitting on the grass. Uh, and then, did you do the shit like uh, Steve did with uh, Garage Band, Basement Band, a Bedroom Band? Yeah, I think most of the bands Steve listed there, I I, I played in at some point. That's right. So Steve and well, I. Oh, were, you guys were together, but you went didn't go to grade school together. No. no. Yeah. I think we found that like, at some point maybe we had we had crossed we were in the same grade school but different classes, and then Steve moved away and came back and yeah. But really, it was it was uh, for me it was like freshman year in high school where things started really taking off in terms of playing in garage bands. 
sure, sure. You know, Vincent only painted the last 10 years of his life. So you don't have to be a child prodigy to get into music, right? Whenever right. it comes, it comes. So I, I should go to Grant. Grant. Yeah. Earliest music memory, please. I'm struggling to remember exactly what it is, but I On think... On the Watt from Pedro show, there are no hard questions and there are no wrong oh, answers. Wonderful. My grandfather was a uh, an accordion and concertina player, and his brothers played too. And uh, and so often at family parties, he would just bust out the concertina and start playing these like old Slovenian folk songs and some popular music from the 30s and 40s or something. He's Slovene because we uh, have a lot of Slav uh, Croatia in uh, yeah. San Pedro here. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, my uh, second man organ man, as a boy, he learned accordion because of this these traditions nice now did, were you asked to learn no i um i did what you know he passed when i was really young um and then i but i stayed close with one of my great uncles and he eventually gave me when he passed he he uh made sure i got my grandfather's concertina but i've never you know i've messed around with it a little bit but there was never never like pressure to play and it's one of those things i keep thinking like maybe one day i'll bust it out now, were you in, uh, so that was the only instrument in the pad, was the... We didn't, know that wasn't even in our house. We we did have, a, one of the other things I was remembering was we had this weird, they made these, like, organs that were kind of real lightweight, like, portable things, but they had, you know, they had, like, legs on them. It was maybe a three or four octave, maybe just three, and then it had, like, a one octave pad off to the left that had you know some different tones i think it was like bass you know more bass uh register and i remember like no one in my house played <laughs> no and there was no keyboard player in my home but we had that and i would so, mess around with it as so what, it was it was to like sit shit on it's like a table I, yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> i assume at some point my mom attempted to learn because she she sang and stuff but i don't know so okay. i would go mess with it but you did. Okay, but yeah. no, no no lessons, no training. Mm -mm. And what about school, grade school and shit? Were you in the choir, the marching band? Or? I joined the, you know, similar to Steve, I joined the school band. I was a little older, um, seventh grade. And I just picked tenor saxophone because they were all, you know, it was one same kind of thing. Where it was like, all right, what do you want to play? And all these kids who were playing saxophone were picking alto. And I was like, what's the bigger one? <laughs> They said tenor. I said, yeah, I want to play tenor. So I always wound up being one of, you know, two or maybe three tenor players in the school bands. Well, John Coltrane started out to, but went to tenor after yeah. playing with Cleanhead Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, you know what? Though we're running out of time on the first. I'm going to continue with your story with the second yeah. hour here, people. It's a uh, September 16, 2020 edition of the Watt from Pedro show. Uh, special guests. A lowest screwdriver. Hold tight for hour two. September 16, 2020. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
show second hour we started off with the lowest screwdriver doing it fell from earth 
And I was telling these guys, D. Boone's favorite Creedence song was uh, came out of the sky. What what town was that? El Cerrito. Yeah, El Cerrito. I always face on that, but that's the town CCR was actually from. Very northwest bayou, <laughs> about eighteen hundred <laughs> miles. <laughs> but that's what music and arts for. It's for transcending reality, right? So yeah, nothing wrong with that. I can imagine the first cave painting and the guy saying to his buddy, well, what do you see? And what did the guy say? You know, chromium nitrate? No, man, it's a buffalo. It's a horse. <laughs> you know, Use your imagination, motherfucker. Uh, we had Sam Bennett from Tokyo. All I want is your love. And Sam Lockward with I was the mean bitch. Yeah, they kind of go together. The chef cooks me. They're from Tokyo, too. Uh, suitable darkness. Sam Bennett actually originally from Birmingham. Well, we're Sun Ra. Uh, Mystical Weapons, Distant City. That's uh, uh, Greg from uh, Deerhoof with uh, Sean Lennon. J- uh, Jim McHugh after that song for The Gaunt. Kim Salmon and Spencer P. Jones. We lost Brother Spencer to cancer last yeah. year. Yeah, great cat. I, he was on the other guitar with Beast of Bourbon, the last tour I got to do with the Stooges. And a lost screwdriver after that with, in hell, there are no donuts. So to continue, Grant, I want to know how you get on the guitar. Yeah, so I, around that same time in like seventh grade or so, you know, my mom had some old, had an old acoustic guitar. I'm now realizing there's a theme. My mom just had instruments lying around that she didn't play. Uh, She had bought an acoustic guitar um, nylon string when she was in Hawaii in the 60s. And it sat in a closet. And I think my oldest brother, I have two older brothers. I think my oldest brother, Jason, had messed around with it a little bit. But, you know, I I would sneak into his closet and steal it and start learning stuff. And uh, and then I, you know, had some friends who were starting to play guitar and just. uh, You would sneak it out. Would you sneak it back in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to be undetected. Right, right, right. Incognito. Now, uh, you were. It's an, you don't need an amp. It's a, it's a, it's what like yeah. a nylon string, yeah, Spanish style kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so you would play records and try to figure out shit, or did you exactly. have somebody? Oh, yeah, you were my brother. Alone. I mean, like Steve, my parents had a pretty atrocious music collection. Not atrocious. They had they had a few Beatles records. They had some jazz stuff that I would later come to appreciate, but a lot of just this kind of like corny '60s folk stuff that didn't resonate with me at the time. And uh, so I, I also stole, my brother had a cassette copy of some, I want to say it was like Ugly Kid Joe or something, you know, some not that great band from the time either. But, uh, and I would put that on and I would basically play it like a bass. Like I would just learn the, the root. I could kind of hear the root note and wow. play along with that. And that's how I got started. Now, I, I, I got to ask you, first record you bought with your own money. I think it might have been a They Might Be Giants cassette. Okay. They make music for little kids now. They yeah. do, yeah. 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 So you're way ahead of the curve. Yeah, exactly. And, and what was the first gig you went and saw? I think the first real show I saw was a big festival, like a, a you know, multiple stages, big arena show. Um that a local radio station had put on. And this was the late nineties. So I just looked this up the other day cause I was talking about it with a friend 
And the headliner was Smash Mouth, which seems absurd now, knowing what other, like Fiona Apple was on that bill and um, Cake and some other bands that I think have endured a lot better. Um, but yeah, that was the first one. And well, I still. Grant, Grant, you know, there was a time when the uh, tour where Jimi Hendrix opened up for the Monkees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this ain't new, right? And fucking Pat yep. Boone sold more Tutti Fruities than Little Richard. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this ain't nothing new, all right? <laughs> For sure. Shit getting co-opted by jive shit, you know. But even um, that, you know, at that show, I was hanging out. There was a parking lot stage, I think. And that was where, like, some more local bands and more of the smaller bands were playing. And that's where I was parked because I didn't like – I still don't really like those big uh, arena shows. Yeah. I remember I went to see the California Jam, and I didn't like it. Even though uh, Black Oak – Arkansas Black Sabbath was pretty good. Earth, Wind, and Fire was great. 110 degrees. You know, it was out in uh, Ontario, which is pert near the desert. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, too many people. You know, because I didn't know about club shit as a teenager. I mean, Same. D Boomer. Yeah, all we knew was Arena Rock. Our first gig was T Rex. I want to play uh, the Calamari Kid. <laughs>
no resentment underneath I'll extend the laurel wreath and we'll just be friends But right there is where it ends I don't hold no grudge I'll forgive you your mistakes But please forgive me If I take it all to heart And never let this thing start again I'm the kind of individual You can step on for a while When I call it quits, baby, that's it I'm the kind of person you might hurt once in a while But crawling ain't my style I don't hold no grudge Deep inside me there's no regrets But a woman who's been forgotten May forgive But never forget You see I'm the kind of individual You can step on for a little while But when I call it quits Baby, that's it You might hurt once in a while Crawling ain't my style I don't hold no grudge Deep inside me there ain't no regrets But a woman who's been forgotten May forgive But never
Watt for Pedro Show. Start off that chunk with Calamari Kid. I was uh, enlightening law screwdriver. Uh, sorry, there are only two left. Nutrition <laughs> has whittled Donald out of the fucking band. Well, because of those delays, because and that hardly ever happens on Watt Pedro Show. But these cats will come on again and be a three piece. But they'll get us the story on how it came together, even though that Donald goes way back with Steve. Then we had yeah. a, a hold no grudge, Bet Levette, Betty Levette, sorry, uh, Steve Abercrombie was gone, uh, Jeff Titty, just don't, brand new, two backs out of Italy, Sue Gropupu, kind of fucked that up, <laughs> yeah, scusi, right, a long <laughs> screwdriver with maybe Canada, mm. so getting a little fucking foreign and exotic there, you know, with your, yeah. Canada well, that's and calamari, and so now how did how the band get together? Well, obviously, Donald and uh, Steve were playing as boys in other bands. Yeah, well, Grant was with us too. So Donald, oh, wow. and okay, Don okay. When, when do you first all three come together? Yeah, good question. Um, so Donald and I are the same age, and Grant is a few years younger than us. He's our baby, um, <laughs> and uh, we had a surf band in high school, Chachi Boba Fett and the Wookie, and we needed a sax player. And Grant was willing and able, and so we we got him to play saxophone in the band. Um, but like I said, we were a little older, so we were playing gigs and playing out at the you know at local clubs and stuff like that. And Grant wasn't really allowed to go <laughs> at the time. Yeah, I I could I was allowed to uh, you know play a handful of the shows that they did, but there would be a number of shows that were saxless. Yeah, so we'd play a lot of shows without our sax player. Because We're talking was... about the 21 age limit, people. Well, yeah, we oh, even... no, it wasn't even that. It was, half it was... of it was just my mom being uncomfortable with me going to rock clubs with these older boys. Oh, yeah, this was... because we I was young... going to say that they fucking sell fucking beer at baseball stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. No, we were in high school when all this happened um, and we cut our first, you know, cassette tape and Grant is on it. I actually just listened to it the other day and, and I forgot um, that Grant plays a saxophone on it. And we actually got our high school band director to play trumpet on it, too, which was kind of funny. But um, but yeah, no, we were in high school when we were playing these gigs and we'd go to Grant's house and try to convince his mom to let him go <laughs> to the gigs. You know, with the fucking trumpet and the sax, were you tempted to Instead of being surf, being ska? We we never tried ska. Um, we did play with a lot of ska bands. Nobody really knew, especially back then, when where to put surf bands. Um, so we would always get put with like Monkey and Skink and Pickle and all these uh, ska bands. And that was the ska or punk music. But we'd be this instrumental surf punk rock band in the middle of it that, I don't know, I think and, it worked because well, we were... You know what made you? Want to be a surf band? For example, uh, inspiration bands. I mean, I think most of the surf stuff comes from Donald, which is unfortunate that he's not here. Um, but he, at the time, there was this kind of revival of of surf music um, in the mid '90s, and so I think because of like Pulp Fiction, you know, Quentin Tarantino would put a bunch of surf music on the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, and so Donald just kind of went exploring down the that path and uh and i think he'd grown up maybe listening to some but um yeah it was just kind of a like let's let's do something a little against the grain everyone's starting these you know rock bands let's do something a little different i think also it had to do a little bit with we didn't have to sing i think you know for younger 
musicians like you singing is maybe the the hardest thing to hump to get over like oh i can i can play licks on my bass or my guitar but can i can I actually sing in tune or do i sound like shit so with instrumental surf rock we could play whatever we wanted and we didn't have to worry too much about singing or finding a good singer i guess you know there was a surf guitarist who played trumpet at his gigs no who's that you know, he he did the song uh, you're talking, pulp the big tune in the. Oh, Dick Dale. Yeah. Yeah. In his gigs, he oh, whips yeah. out the he fucking trumpet. <laughs> That's right. Okay. He's an odd cat. You know yeah, what? Well, you know what? It's funny about all the genre stuff. You know, because to me, music is music, and this I had to learn this because of the word punk. You know, like because at first, punk in the seventies, I'm talking about, it was like. And, and up north there, the city, they had a way bigger scene than us here. It was anything. It wasn't just fast guitars and mohawks. I was talking to somebody the other day on the show, Cube maybe. It was wide. You know, you've heard Throbbing Gristle, right? Not a yeah. lot of beats there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, maybe it's something you have to, like, come upon yourself, but all these tags of what you have to play in genres. I always thought it was some jive thing to, for marketing guys to try to make their job easier. So, but I, uh, as far as surf music and surf bands, incredibly, uh, look at Keith Moon, Steve, I should ask you because this guy. Yeah. Totally. And he came up with his own style, right? He's not exactly playing surf. In fact, fuck, he never played hi-hat. <laughs> well, he played it, but didn't use the pedal part, right? It was just one of the symbols. Yeah. Until, like, the last album they did or something. But, uh, you know, and Bob Rand, right? That's his fucking theme song. The, 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 the surf thing, I think, informed a lot of different kinds of music. And still, I'm playing with a guy now, Mike Baguetta, a jazz guy who's kind of a Nels Klein. And people mm. right away, they'll they'll say surf when they hear it. Huh. So, you know, I'm wondering if you you really have to be faithful to some kind of like recipe. Like, no, oh, you made that stromboli wrong. <laughs> I, <laughs> Too yeah. much garlic. I don't... <laughs> Not enough I... onions. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, we were inspired in the in the 90s by there's another band called Man or Astro Man. From oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alabama. Uh, actually, and... they went to school. They all went to co one of them has a co uh, club I played in Birmingham called yeah, Saturn. Yeah, yeah, bird stuff. The, yeah. The, dr the drummer man, right, right. They went to uh, Auburn. Yeah, right. They're college guys, and there was actually an all girl version. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> great, great band. So you guys were inspired by them, they, yeah. Good guys, good guys. Yeah, because they were kind of genre breakers. They were they were playing surf inspired music, but adding all these crazy like sci fi sound effects and kind of. You know, the, the drums were not traditional surf drums all the time. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, intense outfits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the second hour, September uh, 16, 2020 edition. Wild Pedro Show, special guest, the lowest screwdriver. Hold tight for hour three. September 16, 2020. It's the third hour of the Wild for Pedro Show.
Live from Pedro Show, we start off the third hour with, uh, wow, some French here. These guys are exotic. Le Temp de Amour, Time of Love, huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, Lois Screwdriver. Uh, Crane after that with The River of Life. Bronze Age UFO, or maybe UFO, huh? It's uh, one of the cats from uh, 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 Moldoman out of Baltimore. Boys Will Be Voids, A. It's a little four-part suite there, and I'll play it next three shows, the other three parts. Lois Screwdriver with there. It looks like second installment, something called Slave. Slave 2. Right, there must have, but you didn't send me Slave 1. Slave 1 was from Chachi Boba Fett and the Wookiee. It's on that um, uh, link I sent you to uh, the yeah, music. Yeah, Watt's a little busy. Can't follow all the links and shit, but the, yeah. the, I listened to all the music that you gave me, though. So thank you so much, Steve. So tell me about the first Aloha Screwdriver gig. Yeah. <laughs> Grant, you want to tell him? <laughs> it's uh, the first Aloha Screwdriver gig got canceled. We were uh, we were booked at this place in San Francisco. I don't think I'd ever been there. And uh, it's the day of the show. We're all packed up and excited to play again. And um, and then I did. I don't know. Donald got a text from somebody, or he checked his email, or or I know we we just checked the website to see like, oh, what you know, how are they advertising this? And turned out the club had stopped doing live music and maybe yeah. even shut down. And nobody, nobody told us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so we just hung out with all our wives uh, yeah. in Alameda instead. But but the upside to this was then we got booked to play with Southern Culture on the Skids at Great American Music Hall. Yeah, good and band. So our technical first gig was that, which was way better than what would have been our first gig that got canceled. So. Yeah. It actually kickstarted us um, pretty pretty quickly to playing um, bigger shows and and you know having a larger audience. So that was fun. Did they, did they throw chicken? Uh, <laughs> chicken I think the- they did at that one. Yeah. Did you chow any of it? No. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now, what about your first recording? First record with um, we did we recorded to tape um, with our our friend Brad at um, Little Red Wagon Studios. We went in and did a six song, six or seven song um, EP, and uh, and we recorded to two inch reel, right? Two inch. Yeah. Um, eight tracks. So, yeah, eight tracks. No um, no magic studio fixes or anything like that. We just did it live uh, to tra- tape. Eight track, two inches, pretty fat. I I, I once is. saw heads. At the record plant, they were custom made by Studer. So it, it, if it was two inch, it was either sixteen track or twenty four. Um, yeah, it might have been inch and a half. I, I don't remember now. I come yeah. from those days, so I kind of yeah, know, of course. Okay? Yeah, you, <laughs> you can you can fact check us for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter. Uh, uh, what I'm uh, interested in is how long did it take? Did you, you you came in and played it like a gig, right? You had uh, all the material written. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it took a weekend, right? Two, yeah. two days. I think we recorded that one in two days. Yeah. And what was your first tour like? We we've only done these like little tours uh, where we've gone up either to uh, the Pacific Northwest or down to Southern California. You're talking the, about a I five tour. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. first the first one we did was for 
a uh, a radio like festival up in Seattle because they have a radio station up there, KEXP, that for a long time had a rockabilly show that had a bunch of surf music on it. And so they put on this festival called the Rockabilly Ball and they always had a surf music night. So they invited us up. We might have even flown up for that one because um, we brought some family and stuff. Uh, and yeah, it was great. I mean, it was so cool to be in this, uh, you know, completely different town, place we'd never played and have this crowd who was just kind of hungry for this style of music. And then for us to be a little different and, uh, and a little, um, noisier and weirder and, uh, and people ate it up. It was fun. Yeah. Have you you ever been to Europe? No. Because you know, in Spain, there's a huge Italy too garage scene, right? Yeah. Now, you just mentioned rockabilly in the same words you mentioned surf, but what about garage? Is that part two? Yeah, I mean, we get booked with garage acts every now and then. We, I wouldn't, I don't think we quite incorporate that into our sound as much, but yeah, we, it's definitely all part of the same kind of stew of this like retro revival music that people are still into. Right, the Trashmen do some. They're always playing over there, yeah. right? And and yeah. and Thunderbird, right? What's the word? And that's got kind of a surf trip. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's all rock and roll to me, you know. That's right. <laughs> Maybe it's the beat. I remember asking Pear once about some of this electronic stuff. He said, "Mike, it's in the beats per minute." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sometimes you know what I mean. It gets. Uh, I want to play up. Uh, Wow, you got another foreign word here. Malaguena.
Intact 
arms intact Yeah, your charms intact But your clothes, they need some patching now and then Seems like the 80s won't give up the dead Thank the Lord you've only run into crazy stupid girls Who loved you like Manson shrinkers in The sky's pouring down the middle class Grey clouds above, full of mom and dad Yeah, the sky's pouring down the middle class Makes you feel free with just a, a touch of
Pedro Show last music for this edition. Loa Screwdriver with Malaguena, the cover. Uh, Where did you first hear that? I mean, a bunch of surf bands have covered it. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I mean, know. But I'm, I'm curious, where did you first hear it? I, again, it was probably Donald. He's the one who does all okay. the all the surf research and then right, just brings this stuff right. to us. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I think maybe Trashman did a cover. Um, a lot that, of cats have, yeah, but I'm, just, I'm yeah. just curious, you know, because that's one of the touchstone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tallum after that, Heal Ourselves. Uh, PNDC, I think he's in uh, Berkey right now, New Mexico. PNDC and Housework with Touch of Mad. That's in Serbia, in Belgrade. Uh, and then finally, Aloha Screwdriver. One Hearst Town. Okay, you know titles are very important in surf songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but also, you know, there was an England uh, instrumental band. It was actually Cliff Richards' backup band, Shadows. Really important to a lot of guitar players. Uh, that guy, Hank Marvin. Yeah. You know about him, but yeah. The idea of like kind of making the guitar lyrical so it could be the singer, like you were saying, uh, Grant, in a way. Uh, what, what what's next? What you guys is ne- well? First, I should uh, ask you to tell people where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, yeah, there oh. we're we're there. You want me to? Steve yeah, doesn't well, go on the internet, so he doesn't. <laughs> I, know. I try not to use the internet, but uh, we've we've got a website at alohascrewdriver.com. Okay, spell that. A l o h a s c r e w. D-R-I-V-E-R dot com. Okay. And that's the place where you can get all kinds of information. And what's your next plan? Oh, well, we put out this album, but, you know, there's no shows now. Nobody wants, nobody's doing live shows. So, Well, they're postponed. They're going to be in the future. Yeah, we're postponed. Well, then that's, that's maybe what our plan is also is our plan was to put out an album and, you know, go up to go up on tour and, and play shows. But all of that got canceled, obviously, in March. Yeah, but Steve, um, Steve, what about using the situation to write new material? Since so you're right, you can't play gigs. But how long do we fucking cry about that? We know about that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it ain't I totally news. agree. It ain't, ain't brand new news anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we should write. We're definitely gonna write new material. Um, we actually just started rehearsing again. Like we had taken a, a ah, break. there's that R word. I have yet yeah. to hear a ba- basketball player say, "Hey, I'm gonna go and rehearse some hoops." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're not I mean, doing any shows, how can you call it rehearse, right? That's getting ready for a show. So what's wrong with that P word? We're, well, we're rehearsing for our eventual return. The P word I hate is practice. No, I li- love that one. I hate the one <laughs> that some people call my show. Don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, I see. I see. Don't yeah, say yeah. it. It's an internet right. show. It's an MP3 yep. file that lives up on the uh, inter- <laughs> uh, It's an MP3 file that lives up on the internet. That's one of those terrible terms that's stuck because of some technology oh, that isn't even around even, anymore. Yeah, they don't even make that machine. Why be a shill? Anyway, yeah. take back. Get back to the lowest screwdriver story. So you guys are going to write some new material and maybe record another album. Definitely. Yep. We uh, Donald's also talked about trying to plan a, a spectacular live show for our return. Uh, we haven't, like, like Steve said, we have had two rehearsals in this whole time. So <laughs> that's a little ways off. But yeah, I mean, I think we'll get well, when you get this next album this done. Will you come back on the show? And we can talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. We don't have to go talk about the old days anymore. You, we yeah, just, think, we already did that. 
It's been a big honor to have you aboard. Thanks for reaching out, Steve, and, and asking to be on the show because I love your music. And I want you to keep on keeping on, okay? People, it's been the September 16, 2020 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.